Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Good morning, everyone. Grace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Certainly I honor Pastor Dwayne Wright and Lady Courtney Wright, all of the officials and the ministers and the people of God this morning. I'm excited to be with Kingdom Living and we give God glory for another wonderful Sunday. So I'm going to ask you to bow with me in prayer and go before the Lord before we bring the word this morning. Let us pray. Our Father, it is with joy and thanksgiving that we come today. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your loving kindness. Oh God, as we prepare to hear the word this morning, we ask that you would give us receptive hearts, open ears, and help us to receive the word and to move on it, to take it in our hearts, oh God, so that we can grow to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Give me clarity of thought, articulation of speech, and an anointing that will enable me to feed the people of God. I say thank you, and we give your name praise, for it is in your name that we pray, and we all say amen. I call your attention this morning to 2 Chronicles, the 14th chapter, and I'm going to begin at the ninth verse and go through the final verse, the 15th. And I will read in your hearing, I'm reading from the King James Version, and it reads, And there came against them Zerah, the Ethiopian, with a host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots, and came unto Marisha. Then Asa went out against him, and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zepta at Marisha. And as Asa cried unto the Lord his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gerar. And the Ethiopians were overthrown that they could not recover themselves. But they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host, and they carried away very much spoil. And they smote all the cities round about Gerar, for the fear of the Lord came upon them, and they spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. They smote also the tents of cattle 
and carried away sheep and came, and I'm sorry, and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. The other scripture I'll read is from Proverbs 3, just three verses. Proverbs 3, beginning at the fifth verse, going through the seventh, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Thus ends the reading of the word of God. I want to focus my attention this morning on the verse in the text, in the 11th verse of 2 Chronicles, where Asa cried unto the Lord, and he said, Help us, O Lord, for we rest on thee. And I want to take for a topic, stay connected. We are in an unprecedented and perplexing time time of turmoil, unrest, and unusual stress from an international, a national, state, county, city, town, corporate, job arena, schools, church, and a home perspective. All levels are being impacted by what is going on with COVID and in our government. It can become overwhelming if we allow it to. The annual survey of global emotions found that Americans are among the most stressed, the most angry people, the most worried people in the world. It did not just start with COVID and this election, but we were living under enormous amounts of stress way before that. Anger and worry encompassed us long before this time in our history. However, there is always a solution. The Bible admonishes us to be anxious for nothing. In the New Living Translation, it is written, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. That is Philippians 4, 6-7. Our text focuses on Judah's third king. His name is Asa, and he came after the division of the kingdom, or he is the sixth king after Israel began to have kings. He had peace for 10 years, the Bible says, for his father Abisha had completely defeated 10 tribes under Jeroboam who was the first king of the northern kingdom. Bible history is given to us so that we can learn how God dealt with his people in the past, and he warned us so that we can live properly today. It is good to study the life of King Asa in both 
uh, this, this chapter and in chapters that move on from here up to the 16th chapter, because we have encouragement and we have a warning to every Christian. I focus my attention on the words, help us, O Lord, for we rest on thee, because it's important to this particular subject. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. So when we look at what Jesus had to endure, we can expect to have some difficulties in life. But if we humble ourselves and go before God, cast our cares upon him, he will see us through. And when we talk about him giving us rest, he's not referring in this context to the eternal rest that every believer looks forward to when we leave here, but we're talking about the rest that we have in this life when we put our trust in God. In this present time, no matter what's going on in society, no matter what's going on in the world, if we put our confidence in the Lord, if we trust him, we will have rest in this hour because the yoke means that we align ourselves with God. A yoke in Old Testament times meant that they put it around two beasts of burdens and it had to be uh, it's equipped or sufficient for their weight to be balanced in the yoke. They had to be able to walk together to get the job done. So when we yoke up, as it were, using that a picture, when we yoke up with Jesus, he helps us to share our load. So from the text, we want to observe several things. First thing we look at is that Asa had a good godly character in the beginning. He was the first king since the division, and he did according to the word of God, that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. He reigned some 41 years. He inherited a throne amidst corruption, turmoil, sexual perversion, and the worship of idols. Immorality and greed and disobedience were running rampant. But when he got in, because of his godly character, he sought the Lord. Second thing we notice about Asa is that he instituted reform. When you come against a system that is corrupt and wholly immoral, as a divinely chosen deliverer, as a godly person, you are to seek God on how to clean up the situation. And so Asa took away the altars of the strange gods. He took away the high places. And when we define what high places were, they were a localized or regional worship center dedicated to the many gods of the heathens. Worship of these local shrines often included making sacrifices, burning incense, and holding feasts or festivals. The Canaanites worshiped Baal. So Israel was forbidden, according to the word of God, to worship false gods. 
God had told them, thou shall have no other God before me. They were forbidden to serve idols. They were forbidden to go to places that were not hallowed and consecrated to Yahweh. They knew that. So when Asa came in, he began to tear down the high places that were there for the worship of false gods. He cut down the groves. And in the groves, there was a God named Asira, which was a pillar or image of wood, somewhat what we would call a totem pole today. And sometime they were made of wood, other times of stone. But originally they worshiped there as a symbol of the tree of life, but it had become perverted. It centered around the Canaanite nation and what they believed in. And Israel had a proclivity of adopting the worship practices of many heathens. Asa commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Asa took away the high places and images out of all the cities of Judah. He built thin cities in Judah while he was at peace. He prepared for a time of war. He allowed himself to petition God and store up prayers so that in the time of trouble, he would have something that had already gone up before the Lord. He had fellowship. He began to bring them back to the true worship of God. And so Asa started off well, somewhat like where we are in our Christendom today. We have many leaders who start out well, and somehow along the way, things happen and they become sidetracked. But how many know we have to keep our eyes on the prize? We have to be so that we stay connected to the real will of God. The third thing we noticed about Asa is that he exercised faith. He asked God in the time of trouble. He sought the Lord when things were going badly. And that's what we need to do. Psalms 46 says to us in the first verse, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So Asa prayed a 50 word prayer. And his prayer said, it is nothing with you to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, Lord, for we rest on you. When you rest on God, you don't need to sit and hold your hands. You don't need to lose hope. You speak positively and you form a strategic plan of attack of the enemy based on the direction from God. But you continue to pray. You continue to worship. You continue to fellowship. You continue to call those things that are not as though they were. You continue to look to God, uh, who is the author and finisher of our faith. You continue to trust him. That's what you do in the time of trouble. That's just exactly what Asa did. After he asked God and exercised his faith, then he trusted God. It doesn't make sense to pray prayers that are from morning to night and tell folk how good God is. And in the time of your trouble, you faint and fall out. 
Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You got to know that you know that you know that you know that your God will come to your rescue in the time of trouble. Can I get a witness? Just say hallelujah out there in virtual land. Come on and give him a praise. Glory be to God. And so Asa trusted God. And when we ask for help, we got to trust him too. Because resting on God means that our spirit is at rest. And we can move when he says move, not before. We have a settled peace within even though chaos is everywhere, even though we are in a pandemic in America and around the world, even though we are in economic distress, political unrest for the first time in America, it's like we have gone crazy. Hallelujah, glory be to God. But I come against the forces of the enemy. I decree and declare that democracy shall reign. Hallelujah, that we will be an example to the countries and the nations around the world. And we will let them know that the nation, hallelujah, that serves their God will be strong and do mighty exploits that God will prove himself the head of every situation and that in this country we exalt him we adore him we magnify him and that is what sets us apart from many nations and so though we're in a turmoil ourselves somewhat like Asa was we're in a period of uncertainty and much stress, but we rest on our Lord and Savior, and we know that he is a friend above all others. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He hears our cry. He will do what he needs to do. What we have to do is continue to pray, and America, we have to repent, 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 and go before God. And I declare he will deliver us. And so Asa, after he exercised his faith and trusted God, then in the name of God, he went against the enemy. His army was only a total of 580,000 men. Judah had 300,000 targets and spears, and Benjamin had 280 shields and mighty bows, they were mighty men of valor. But look at their opposition. The Ethiopians had one million soldiers and 300 chariots, but the Lord smote those Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. They had two times, three times the amount of military might that Asa had, but they could not recover themselves. And the text says that there were so many spoils, cattle, sheep, and camels in abundance. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Just look at what God can do. You can feel feeble and weak and ill-prepared, and, and just know that 
in, in, the, in the realm of, of logic, it looks like you're never going to win. But the Bible declares if God be for us, who can be against us? And so Asa was able to be victorious. It proves to us in the 21st century that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He has no respecter of persons, beloved. What he did for Asa and the nation of Judah, that tribe, he will do for us. And so Asa could go down from that place believing and knowing that the God that he prayed to and said, Lord, we rest on you, that that God came through for him. But if we read chapters 15 and 16, we find out that a warning came to Asa from Azariah after he had had a great accomplishment. And look at how the enemy works. It happened with David after he had slain Goliath and become so victorious. Later on down in his life, he committed adultery because the enemy doesn't try to get you when you're progressing and moving in salvation. You start out and, and, and you have little victories here and there. He waits until eventide. Even tide, literally in the evening happened with David. It was e in the evening of the day when he strolled on his balcony, but it was also even tide in his life. He had fought giants. He had uh, been victorious in many battles. He was the king now. The carpet in his tent was very thick. He had many wives. He was the man. And when you have become so anchored and, and, and accomplished in God, that's when the devil really comes gunning for you. Because not only do you fail personally, but you impact hundreds and thousands of people when you fall. Leaders, people of God, beware of the ploys of the enemy. The greater the success the bigger the devils, the bigger the traps. And so David had a fall. Look at Elijah after he had rained down fire from on high. And then he allowed the devil when he was up against Jezebel and Ahab, he, he allowed the devil to make him run away. Talking about and the Lord said, uh, Elijah, what are you doing here? Oh, Lord, I, I'm the only one left, and she about to kill me. And the Lord had to tell Elijah in his little mini breakdown, look, you are not the only one. I appreciate what you did, and you did well, but I've got 7,000 that never bowed a knee to Baal. It's after a great accomplishment. Look at Jesus healing the sick, raising the dead. And then he, the enemy tries to tempt him, takes him up on a mount and says, if you be God, turn these stones into bread. Do something spectacular. Fall down from here. Let everybody know you, Jesus. The devil always has a ploy and a plot. I don't care how many tongues you speak in. I don't care how many hallelujahs you say. I don't care how many times you preach the sermon and they've fallen out and they've said, wow, that doesn't mean anything but the devil. That's the time at eventide in your life when he's coming, gunning for you. And so Azariah told Asa, 
He said, the Lord is with you while you are with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Asa served the Lord for many years, but in the 36th year of his reign, he took money, gold and silver from the temple treasury and paid it to the king of Syria to protect him from the king of Israel. He had a track record. God had spared him when a million Ethiopians had come against him with that little feeble band of warriors. And God was displeased with Asa then because I believe God said, the text doesn't say this, but I'm, I'm using my uh, sanctified imagination. I believe God said, what's wrong with you? What up? What are you doing? You know I fought for you before. And now you go and ask a man and pay him some money to help you when I own a cattle on a thousand hills. Everything belonged to me. Why would you not trust me now? And so if God helped him to overcome one time, I believe he will help him overcome again, don't you? And so after he messed up, he got sick down the road because he reigned 41 years. Further on in his reign, he got sick. His feet became diseased and he ended up being so sick, trusting in the physicians. Now, doctors are fine, but there's a Dr. Jesus that is the chief physician over all the medical realm and field. He wouldn't call on God, and he ended up dying with a diseased set of feet. It has been said that if an airplane is one degree off course, just one degree, it will end up hundreds of miles away from its destination. King Asa was many degrees off course. He had stopped doing what he knew to do. He had stopped trusting God. He had stopped being connected. He lost his connection at eventide or later in his life. After he had had many accomplishments with God, there was a blemish on his legacy. These times are too perilous to lose connection, beloved. Don't let money, relationships, Position, scams, tricks, enticement, greed. Let nothing separate you from the love, the trust, and the rest in God. We're living in a day when preachers are falling left and right. When saints are throwing up their hands and saying, I'm tired, I've been doing this for a long time and look like ain't nothing happening for me. At that ninth hour when you give up, that's just right before your breakthrough. Don't let the enemy trick you because to whom else will we go? Where are we going to turn in this critical hour other than to God? So stay connected with him. Don't be an Aza and wait until the end of your life and mess up. 
You know God. You've served him. You uh, allowed him to bless you through many dangers, toils, and snares. So I encourage your heart this morning to stay connected to God. Pray fast. Pray fast some more. If you feel like giving up, read that word. Call somebody. Call somebody that's strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and let them give you a good Holy Ghost laying out in the name of Jesus. Let them tell you all the way off and say, get a grip. You know better. Stop it. God has been too good to you for you to throw his uh, word and, and will out the door now. Trust him. Rest in the Lord. Asa's prayer was, help us, O Lord for we rest on thee. So I encourage you this morning to stay connected and watch God do for you what he did for Asa in his early years of service. And God will take you from faith to faith, strength to strength, and glory to glory. I extend an invitation to you that are out there right now who may have felt like giving up, who may have been ready to throw in the towel, or someone may have come with a get-rich-quick scheme or an alternative plan. You know, we're living in America in the world of alternative facts since Donald Trump got in office. But I decree and I declare that the truth is the truth is the truth, and the word declares ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This Bible right here is, is housed with the truth. You can't beat it, not even with a stick. Whatever God says, he means, and he will do it according to his will. So I encourage you this morning to trust him. If you're be, uh, between a rock and a hard place, give your life to the Lord. I, I, wherever you are, in your living room, in your car, I want you to repeat after me if you are a sinner and you need salvation. The screen has those things that are necessary for you to join this ministry or to connect. And I'm sure Pastor Dwayne and Lady Courtney and the whole congregation would have you connect. There is a procedure that you follow, but I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Say, Lord, I repent of all of my sins. I am sorry for doubting you. I am sorry for not knowing you. I come to you this morning laying all my sins and my petitions at your feet. I ask you to forgive me because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart you sh that Jesus died and rose again, you shall be saved. That's the a prescription for getting saved. That's what you have to do. And then you need to connect with a Bible-believing church, get baptized in water in the name of Jesus, and go on and start to learn and walk in the newness of life. Salvation is a simple plan, but it's going to require some work from you. You got to want to be saved. Once you acknowledge your sins and give your life to the Lord, you can be saved. But if you are saved and you 
been tempted to fall or you have fallen, God will forgive you this morning and bring you back into the fold. So we decree and declare that you're coming back if you slipped away. If you haven't known Christ, you're coming to him. Don't be caught out there in these critical times without knowing God. I pray for you this morning. Ask God for salvation, for deliverance. If you're sick, I ask for healing. And I recommend Jesus. He is the one. Get connected and stay connected in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for allowing me to serve you. I am honored and I look forward, hopefully, that when we're able to come back together again, I will meet some of you who gave your life to the Lord today or recommitted your life. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Grand Cocos, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.